0: Yo yo, what up? It's Kells. I'm back. This is thanks for asking Kells Radio. I'm Kells at KMGZ on Twitter. And this is episode 109. It's early, but in case you didn't know, I'm going on vacation for about two weeks here. So um I'm not gonna I got a lot of packing and running around to do on the new, usual recording day, so I figured I'd do it early. Um, so, but that also means that it's gonna be a couple weeks before a new episode, so I'll try to make this one good. Um, yeah, it'll be about two weeks, so in three weeks from today, or from tomorrow, um, there'll be a new episode, but I'll still be doing bumpers, cause that's easy, I can do on vacation, so check me there at bumpers on, uh, Genghis Kells. I set up a little series, um, I'm still learning how to work that one, that, uh, app, so, uh, if you go to Genghis Kells, you'll see all of them there. Um, Alright, so, let's get started. Did I say this is episode 109? If I didn't, it's episode 109. So, praise be under the eye. Um, I don't know, I, I guess I'll make this a, a, a yours and negative two slash current events. It just occurred on the way home. Um, Queen Rihanna has a new, I'm gonna say new man, I don't know, you know, you know Rihanna don't be claiming niggas, and, and, um, but, I, 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 well, we'll get into it, but I'm gonna say new man, um, he's exotical looking, actually, he looks like, if you put Chris Brown and, and Drake's face together, that's what these dude looks like, which I think is extremely funny, um, I suspect that he's probably rich, I hope he's a billionaire, I don't think he's an athlete, cause, um, I think if he was he would've been identified now, now everybody who who is this dude, hopefully he's some rich billionaire, um he looked like he could be Middle Eastern maybe Jewish, I don't know, he could be he could be Latino, it's just he looks like a mashup of Chris Brown and Drake, so, you know, I'm calling him an exotical, cause I don't really know what he is, but um, I, I as soon as I saw I he when I saw him in the pic, I was like that dude looked familiar. Like I have seen him somewhere before. I was like I bet you, you know I got my sources and I do my research. and I was like I bet you because you know Reed don't move like no basic bitch. re, move like a G. So I was like I bet you I'ma find this nigga like off in the cut or he and somebody pick somebody snap something. So I went and I looked and sure enough I I seen this dude because. I had, you know, I have I, I pay attention to her security team because you know, her security team is real dope and I could tell by the way they move that they're special forces so whenever she's with, I always pay it's three of them, it's a black dude and it's um like a Serbian looking dude, I'm calling him Serbian, I don't know what the fuck he is, and then it's another one and I always notice them because they they move, well, like when we, when we were in Afghanistan and we had to go places we moved the same way they move, like I can tell they're special forces, so I always watch them because it's really interesting the way they do it um and so I saw this dude in a few pictures and I thought he was a new security dude cause he's always a little like the couple times I've seen him he's um the main one I remember was from New Years when they were um I forgot where they were New Years somewhere Paris maybe wherever they were at for New Years and it's a couple pictures and he's like get the camera out my face so that's why I thought he was security cause I thought he was like yo no pictures dude but you know he might have been like no pictures for me so anyway um new, new dude she's in the pool um, the pictures are very spicy. The pictures look very um, you know, get it. She deserves. Um, she's been working hard. Um, you know, and again, you know, Rihanna don't claim nobody, and until she, you know, pop up and say that's her man, you know how she rolls. But she deserved, and he's handsome. And I, I have said on here before, I have been waiting for Ri. I want Rihanna to find like either a super rich tech billionaire or like one of these athletes, soccer players that got all the money, and stop fucking with these rappers and these singers and these artists niggas, and just get a dude that's just gonna be, you know, like Jay would be, just off to the side, letting her shine, letting her do whatever, because he got his money and he and he, you know, got his legacy, and he ain't worried about nothing but his wife. So I've been saying I wanted one of them niggas for free and hopefully maybe this one might be it. When she went to the World Cup, I was like Bree, please get you one of them soccer playing niggas. Like stop playing with these these. Singing and dancing and rapping ass niggas, like they they got too much ego, they too insecure, they need the, you know light gotta be on them all the time, and 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 it's always a bump of heads. Like get get you get you a, a dude in another lane. So hopefully this is what it is. And I knew something was up. We seen them airport pictures. I was like. Mm she, I don't see Melissa, I don't see Jen, I don't see these regulars, she had the, um, one dude, she was moving different, she was moving like, yo, I'm trying to go low, I'm going on vacation, this ain't a bunch of shit, um, I'll be back, so I was like, something's afoot, I don't know, maybe she's, you know, trying to deal for a new movie role, or doing some business deal, she don't really want to hype, I knew it was something though, cause I was like, she ain't rolling regular, she going through the security different, she ain't got the people that she usually got with her, she, you know, so, shout out, great. I'm so I'm so excited. We got a new man, y'all. <laughs> y'all know I stand for him. I'm going to talk her up. I swear to God. All right. Um, the second thing is, I just want to give a real quick, well, no, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to give a real quick shout out to Serena's Vanity Fair cover. That cover was fantastic. Y'all know Vanity Fair's pregnant covers go way back like they've done them. For years, like, the first one I, I can remember, I don't know if it was the first one, but the first one I recall was with Demi Moore, and that was, like, back in, ninety two, ninety one, ninety three, 92, 91, 93, maybe, a while ago, that's the first one I remember, I know they've had a whole bunch of them, um, and so Serena's on this one, and she looks great, like, somebody said they airbrushed it or photoshopped it, I'm not, I don't maybe, I mean, I guess they, I mean, they photoshopped everything, but her her thighs and her um butt, you know, Serena's thick as grits, look very slim, not very slim, but slimmer than they have, and I just was shocked by that, because, you know, usually when you get pregnant, all that stuff, you know, g- g- blows up, so, she looks slimmer, like, her stomach was her stomach, and even her breast, well, I don't know, her breasts look they look like pregnant breasts, but she looks slimmer, she looked her body looks slimmer, which, and I know you can, like, work out when you're pregnant, and they say if you, if you do it, if you do do whatever you could do while you're pregnant, it, it helps you not gain so much weight, and helps you, you know, get rid of it once you've had the baby, so I don't know, maybe, I mean, we know she was playing in a match pregnant, so I'm sure she his you know, does whatever, but, um, she looks really good, it was a fantastic cover, I haven't read the article yet, I will, um, but the cover was great, and, um, that leads me to the second topic, which is John McEnroe, who fixed his mouth yesterday to say Serena's a great player, but if she played when the men, she'd be raked 700, listen, you sexist piece of shit, we went through this back in the 70s with Billie Jean King, and that fuck-ass nigga she played, who said that, you know, she couldn't beat the the, the worst man on the tennis. Uh, court because she was a woman and, you know, of course they sold inferior and Billie Jean King took his ass out there and, and slung him all around at court and beat him. And John McEnroe, um, you have seven Grand Slam titles, I believe. Serena has 23 now, so she has way more than you and, honestly, I, I would put my money on uh, Serena on the court right now against you on the court. She'd serve you into the wall, my dude. Like, Serena is no joke, okay, I don't, I'm not saying she could beat the number one man in the world, but 700, like, come on, my dude, like, sh- please, I think Serena would definitely be in, like, at least, I don't even know how men's tennis work anymore, but I was at least top 100, top 50, I don't know about, you know, top one, because it is a faster, stronger game, like, but come on, man, she would number 700 I bet you she beat you right now with your little slow ass game you used to play Serena's serve is Serena serves like a man, the men's serves be like 110, 120 miles an hour so do Serena's, okay the next fastest serve in the in the woman's game be like 80, 90 miles an hour, Serena be serving that ball 100, 120 so it's gonna be coming at you just as fast as the men's serves, so I don't know what the fuck you talking about dude whatever Um, bet you can't beat her um. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say on that. Like, that's you know, if John John McEnroe is, a, is an asshole, I mean, he's been known to be an asshole. And like, dude, it's 2017. Talking about oh she went on that. That's that's just like y'all, Nick. That sounds just like when the uh people talk about the WNBA. Oh, you know, we could get a church league together and beat them. You think? You think they'll get you on that court and run you to death? Them motherfuckers is the best athletes in the world. They spend all their life playing ball too. They will run your ass ragged. You think you you think it's easy to win a gold medal? Okay, nigga. In any Charles Barkley and all the NBA players get on the court with them girls with them women and say them women can play. So if they saying them women can play, they definitely gonna beat you. Um, moving on. That's all. That's all I'm gonna get at that. Fuck John McEnroe, silly ass bitch. Um, BET Awards. Um. They were, well, I don't know, the awards were okay, New Edition was great, New Edition was fantastic, I think there was a, a performance in the night, New Edition you gotta get them, they roses, why they them niggas always perform, them niggas always perform, them niggas always do a great show they almost, all of them, I don't think not one of them dudes is under 40 Um, Ronnie DeVoe almost 50 and they go out there and they just go on autopilot and they just give you an outstanding show and compared to some of that other shit we saw a lot of them performances and people was on Twitter like oh we just getting old we're not getting old we're not getting old, because it has been some award shows and some other performances that I saw from these little young dudes, and I don't know all their names, I might know the songs, or I don't know the songs, but I know their names, the Yaddies, the Lil Uzi Verts, I, you know, I, I don't know all these niggas, but I, I I, probably know the song, or heard the song, or or know you, like, recognize you when I see you, and I've enjoyed some of these performances, so, it ain't that, we just aged down, and what is this bullshit, it ain't that, these performances is just not great, they were not great, a lot of this music is trash, I don't like it, um, and that's just that, and this BT Awards, um, you know, Bruno Mars is really good, but Bruno Mars is always good, and you niggas try to get him out the pain on Twitter, too, talking about he appropriate, y'all wish y'all would look up words and understand, the context and know what things mean Appropriation means when you just take a culture And put it on and act like it's yours And you don't um, give Pay homage, oh, sorry, homage Or give credit to where it came from Like what white people do When y'all just like oh you know run up on something That people have been doing for millions of years And say you discovered a whole country Even though it's been a whole bunch of people Just been living here for centuries and got closer and everything But y'all just stumbled on it So that's cultural appropriation Okay, um, And Honestly, I, I hate that whole conversation because, again, I think it's dumb. Because again, you you millennials and '90s babies, you know, y'all only know segmentation. But when I was growing up, all music was on the radio. You had Top Forty, you had Top Twenty, you had um, Dick Clark had all, all. Every radio station just played good music, okay? You had Hall and Oates, you had the Doobie Brothers. It wasn't all this segmentation shit. You could turn on any channel, and you would hear Bruce Springsteen one song, Michael Jackson the next song, Madonna the next song, Janet Jackson the next song, Paul Abdul next song, Commodore is the next song, it wasn't all, it was just what was people listening to, what were the good songs, 90's rolled around and, and shit started shifting, and then they're getting all this categor, categorization, and now you got the urban and this, and the pop that, that shit is not always like it was, so, when you know, Country music, country artists do soul and blues and rock. It's all from soul music. It's all from black music. That's where it all comes from. And no, all the great artists say that. When you talk to them old school country artists, the Johnny Cash's, the Dolly Parton's, the the Lynn's, the Tammy Wynette's, Rest in Peace, the Reba McIntyre's, they always tell you that they the influence was the black church and the, and, the, and the music they heard. And then they took that and they, you know, put their little country white slang on it and, and made it the country. But country music comes from soul music comes from blue music, white people y'all don't, nothing in this country have y'all started, except like racism, and and oppression like, none of the culture of this the culture of this country is black, like music, the entertainment, all of that, we started all of that shit, and then y'all, you know, come running up and slap your name and face on it, alright so, the whole conversation is dumb, it's not, just because somebody is white, and they're singing quote fingers black music cause even what y'all call black music we need to discuss because again it's all really when you break it down all black music um it doesn't mean they're appropriating that's not what that means okay okay you, you miss, It's called misappropriation, first of all. And it's like I said, you know, a white person putting on Indian feathers and running around making war noises. Oh, well, what's the matter? It's just a costume. Who care? Actually, sir, it's not a costume. It's a native headrest. It's religious piece. Those, those noises we make are not just us running around acting a fucking fool. They're actually part of religious ceremony or culture ceremony, whatever, that we do, and for this reason. And it's actually kind of sacred, and you are actually... Being really fucking disrespectful and racist right now. So that's appropriation. Okay. So whatever. Bruno kicked the BT Wars. Great. But the best part was Sis Remy Ma won Female Hip Hop Artist of the Year. And she bumba clot blast Nicki Minaj. Now listen. I don't don't gotta tell y'all because I know everybody listening to this podcast knows that this is the truth but apparently some of y'all out there still um, fail to grasp that uh, Rumi Ma won that battle Okay, and y'all keep trying to move the goalposts and try to make it something else. we want to talk about sales, we're talking about uh, you know, Nikki in Paris or wherever she at. We never, nobody ever was contested at. Nobody ever said that Remy Ma was a bigger uh, artist than Nikki, that she wasn't a pop artist, that she couldn't make a pop song. Nobody ever said that. What we said was that Sheether was a diss song that dissed the shit out of Nicki Minaj, and that we knew that Nicki Minaj couldn't write a song better than that in the rap category, because Remy Ma is a better rapper than her, and because and I didn't even want to believe it when Safari was saying that he helped her write I thought he was just being a hater nigga and whatever but clearly he was because since they had been broken up her music has been trash she hasn't had a good song since "Looking Ass Nigga and if I'm not mistaken I think "Looking Ass Nigga was the last song that came out right before they officially broke up and she popped up with Meek so probably the last song he helped her write if I'm not mistaken so you know it's Sheether, and I don't care about her calling up the radio station and snatching the beat and I don't even, and and Remy made that follow-up song that was unnecessary and it was a little whack. However, that don't change the fact that Sheether was one of the, the best dis- this song, I'm going to say, some people say hit him up, some people, whatever, I mean, arguably, I'm not going to, you know, argue with too much, but Sheether is, is the best song I think I ever heard, and it's because it just eviscerated that girl. It took everything that everybody, any reply, any response, anything that she could ever say back as a response, Remy shot that shit down before she even got it out. Fantastic. She won. Um, she won the battle, and I think she's going to win the war because Remy is on her way up. And all these people talking about, oh, Cardi should have won it. I don't know where y'all... I love Cardi B. Y'all know I was one of the first uh, early adapter of Cardi B. I put a lot of y'all on the Cardi B. I love Cardi. But Remy had a fantastic, no no female MC had a bigger year than Red, y'all act like All the Way Up wasn't the biggest song in the world last summer, like, went to the Grammys, all of that, what are y'all talking about like, then she dropped Sheether she was on Love and Hip Hop, she came out first of all, she came out of jail, hot fire okay, and when she came out of jail I was on here saying, you niggas talking about oh wow, um, Nikki and them shook I was like, ain't nobody shook, Remy gotta prove herself like, it ain't like she was like on top of nothing, when she went in jail, she was a struggle artist, so she gonna come out, yes she got skills, but you know ain't nobody really shook, Remy been in jail for seven years, she gotta come out and shake the table, well she came out, and she shook the table the table was shook, the table was flipped over the table was still wobbling she flipped the table Okay, and she had the best year of any female artist last year. And um, I, she's hungry, and, and she's been in jail for seven years watching this chick win all these awards with no competition and do all this shit and go at these, and, you know little white girls like she does, so I don't understand this, oh, her, you know, her career is over, and she not gonna, Nicki is, is whack, Nikki is corny, all her songs are trash, nope, they don't chart, she, yeah, she gets on the shows, because she's Nicki Minaj, and, you know, that's the white, that's the only female rapper the white people know, and, and she got that little young audience, so yeah, they are gonna put her on the show, so what, they put fucking, um who the Nilly vanilla niggas on shows too that that don't mean anything. Remy is hot, she's hungry, she's coming up and like she said, I'm not I'm not on your chick. Even Remy said, it. "No, I'm not on your level. I'm not a huge pop star." Um but you know, I, I'm doing my thing. I'm hip hop. I'm doing what I do. I'm tr- I'm trying to get to that level and and listen. Nikki is way too pressed about reminiscing for somebody to be out here talking about she's a non-motherfucking factor, I'm sorry cause if, she, if you don't call up radios and get song snatched from non-motherfucking factors, you just make a better song uh, when meek came at Drake, Drake ain't call up nobody, Drake made back, Drake made the first joint which I can't remember the name of it, and then he made back the back, Slayed that nigga, both Drake songs is better, that's how you do it so if you could have made a better song, you would but you can't And you ain't used to competition, so now you're calling up, you're getting shit snatched, you whack, you corny, everybody sees you, you on uh, Instagram, uh, talking about you gave up the goodies, since you're 34, 35 years old, doing that dumb high school shit, um you know, whatever, shout out to Remy, shout out to coming on the mic, I know a punk bitch when I see one, and I know a real bitch when I see one, and Remy got up on that mic as a real bitch, I'm going to keep coming at you, you're not going to do nothing, because you can't out-rap me, and you're not better than me, and all you can do is spin around on the Instagram and talk about niggas can't spell prog, and all this dumb corny shit you've been doing, but that's not making your songs hot, and that's not making nobody check for you. So, whatever, I'm going to keep making these hits, plus I'm going to bring out Young M.A., plus I'm going to bring out Cardi, because, you know, it's all love over here. I don't need, I, I'm, I'm good enough that I don't need to be trying to suppress all competition so I can be the best. So, blah, finish, boom. Um, speaking of, we saw a little Vine, I don't know what day it was, Saturday, Sunday, bought. listen, man. I'm a native of Philly. I'm born and raised in Philadelphia, alright? This meek nigga, like, he don't speak for me. He don't speak for that my city. Somebody on Twitter, they had a good point. They was like, he do act like a North Philly nigga. North Philly niggas are known to be shady. they known to be like... What's the word? Um, I don't want to say not real because it, it, it's a lot of gangsters and it's a lot of thugs in North Philly that are real, but, but if there's also, put it like this, North Philly is an area of Philadelphia that's known for being rough and rugged, Joe, Joe Frazier's from North Philly it's known for being like about that life, niggas in North Philly, you know known for being really rough, but you got some niggas in North Philly that's not really rough, they like punks but they try to they try to ride off of that reputation. Yo, I'm from North Philly, and they think that they, they really bitch ass niggas. That's who Meek is. You you can tell because Meek's not a real gangster, and and Meek one of them niggas. He rapped or whatever, and the real thug niggas kind of you know all right, leave that little nigga alone, him let him rap. That's Meek. So Meek does nut shit, and it makes me mad because he make my silly look crazy. He make us look whack. Philadelphians, we are proud people, we are rowdy people, y'all know we boo Santa, we boo Jesus, we don't care, don't bring that fuck shit around here, get fucked up around here, that's Philly, alright, all day, every day, I don't care, like it, don't like it, I hate that this nigga make it, just doing this corny whack shit, trying to jump safari, like, dude, you not dating, you not dating Nikki, he not dating Nikki, Nikki on the gram, playing herself with Nas, like, I mean, what is this? What you trying to jump in about what? You mad about what? like Safari, for what? say whatever you want to say about Safari. Call him whatever you want to call him. I don't know whatever happened, but he's been classy, okay, the whole time. He never said nothing bad about her. He has never put her business in the street. He has had plenty of opportunities and plenty of interviews. People wanted him to say stuff and give her digs and, and drop tea, and he has never done it. He remained classy. All he says was, look, you know, I messed up, she moved on, people outgrow, she, he's not, in and, the and, and meantime, she done call him all kinds, of, she was trying to play him with me, to call him all kinds of names, every time she turned around, she trying to play him, she trying to embarrass him, calling him whack, this is a nigga that she has known since she was 12 years old, okay, and again, I don't care what a person has done to you, y'all could fall out, he could be the biggest fuck boy, he could, you know, cheat on whatever he did, I'm not saying it wasn't justified, but like, you don't, people who, who come, who knew you when, before you were anything, and who helped you when you wasn't nothing, and y'all grinded together, and now you up and you fancy, you don't front on them, you don't front on those people, not publicly, y'all could fall out, but you don't do that to people like that, because those are the real people, those are people who knew you went, these new fancy niggas are only around you because of who you are, and what you got, this nigga knew you when you was nobody, okay? When you was in Bayesley Project. So, I just, to me, people who do that, I, they're not trustworthy, and I don't fuck with people like that, because you can't, you can't, people like that can't be trusted, because they do that to, to, to people like that, they'll do anything to anybody, so I just never, I... You know, I think Meek's corny. I think the whole situation's corny. I think Safari has carried himself well. I think he's been very classy. I'm sure that you know he, he doesn't seem to take himself too seriously. He seems like a goofy guy. And plus, I saw him at Pride. I mean, and I thought you know, and, and Safari's Jamaican. You know how you know how the West Indians get with the gays. So you know, he seemed to be a decent dude. He seemed to be an okay dude. He seemed to not you know he doesn't let what people say, and, and, and shit seem to get to him, he seemed to be very secure he don't seem to take himself too seriously he seems to be, you know uh, appreciative of the role he played, and, no, and and it seemed like your girl's the one that's corny and that really became apparent when she got with Meek, because them two was like you know, birds of a feather flock together though, so, you know that's all I'm gonna say on that, but Meek jumping out to jump, jump safari that's corny Tafari went on the Snapchat, he had on all white, then nobody really grabbed him, and then I guess some people said he's he's a punk because he ran away, this how I know y'all not real, because eight niggas, five whatever, you can't beat, I don't care who you are, you can't beat five, six, seven, eight dudes, so when you, somebody trying to jump you, the best thing you do is run away before they get to jump on you, okay, so, you know, you niggas will stand there and take a beat, I do it, but, you know, we grown. I had on my good he had on his good white, his nice outfit. He wasn't trying to get that shit dirty. I don't blame him. I would've ran too. Plus y'all some bitch niggas. Y'all really wasn't when he ain't run, he just ain't let y'all get him. Y'all wasn't gonna do shit. You if you really felt a way about Safari, you wanna ask you could have jumped out yourself and fought him one oh one. But you would you a were whack dude. You a cornball. We could tell me you was in court crying and cocking, please, something about you not against so we, we already know what it is. He don't represent my he kicked out he kicked out, he don't represent my city um, please don't go to Philly thinking that niggas is like me cause you will get fucked up next interview from BET Awards with Joe Amigos (laughs) if y'all haven't seen the clip, please watch the clip I've come on here before and I said I think Joe is a hater, he is a hater He's angry, he's salty. Some of his criticisms are legitimate, but when you are a hater at your soul, it just corrupts everything that you do, and you can't even give, you know, valid criticism, because it's not coming from a place of of trying to help, you, you coming from a hating ass place, and so even valid criticism gets tainted, but what I will say about that clip that started that fight, so what I'm talking about is there was an interview for, I don't know if they were doing the podcast or they were just doing an interview but it was Joe, DJ Academics and, and, and Migos and so they're doing this interview and you know Migos is from Atlanta and they got the Atlanta accent and DJ Academics basically, long story short I'm not going to get into the accent and could he be understood. The first couple times, I ain't really understand what he said either. Whatever. You Atlanta, people, Southern people get really, like, uptight about about how they talk and how we try to play them. It's not, in, you know, how how people think because of Southern accent. It's not a Southern accent. I've heard Southern, I've been all over the South. I heard Southern accents. It's when we say we can't understand y'all some of y'all, not everybody, we're not talking about an accent, a southern, what is a southern accent, it's just slow, it's just a draw it's nothing to I understand, but uh, you Atlanta niggas, some of you Atlanta, y'all, it's different, y'all it's not an accent, y'all don't enunciate y'all mumble, y'all don't pronounce y'all put the accents on different places y'all cut half the word off, y'all don't pronounce the R's, like it's hard to understand, sometimes some of y'all, and I'm a linguist I made. I did. I spent five years understanding motherfuckers that speak in di- different languages, and I, I can understand the most brokenness of English. But you know, you got to be speaking English. <laughs> Some of y'all just y'all cut the word off, y'all, and you know. So the first couple times I didn't understand it, but that's not the point. The, the, the dude was playing the. You know how like you. We call it, in Philly, I don't know it's, it's called different things, different places In Philly, we call it dickhead say what Like you be playing with your cousins, y'all be laughing you be like dickhead say what, they be like what Dickhead say what, what, dickhead say what, what And they keep, you see how many times you can get them, right Dumb niggas will just keep going Most times people catch on, that's the game We call it dickhead say what, some people say Asshole say what, you know, these nuts It's one of them stupid games, where you know Oh, what's, what's over here, these nuts, you know Trying to catch a dude, like That's what he was doing with the dude and he ain't catch on. So he just kept asking him, say what now? And the dude kept repeating. He just said, say what? He just kept repeating. And I'm like, dude, he, he fucking dickhead say what you. And you just keep saying it. So Joe, who was totally me in the situation, because I had the same reaction. So the first couple times he did it, Joe was just looking. Then about the third or fourth time, Joe's face was like, my nigga, like. You gonna keep just answering this nigga like clearly he's fucking with you, my nigga. Like, don't you get it? And then he just kept going, and so dude just kept answering. Dude, I don't even know what the fuck he was saying. He was like, "Say, say what?" He say again. He just kept doing it, so Joe's like, what the, Joe dropped the mic and walked off. Like, yo, dumb nigga, what are you doing? And I mean, I don't know if that was. I would have did the same thing. Like, I it was that disrespectful. I guess, but like, I don't know what you want me to do, my nigga. Like you. Like, you falling for dickhead, say what? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, dude, he did it so many times. Like, yo, you don't know this game? My nigga, like, stop answering him. He just kept doing it. He stood up, huh? What do you I said, he said, he said, like, he just kept doing it. So, Joe just walked off. So, then, I guess, Migos took that as disrespect, and so they stood up, and y'all gotta watch it. Watch the clip. I'm not caping for Joe. I don't give. I don't care about your or amigos, to be honest. But I just did. I I was like, I don't understand. I, I would have did the same thing. How, <laughs> I don't know what reaction is, is a person supposed to have when you sitting there playing dickhead say what for like five minutes and you don't f- <laughs> you don't figure out what's going on. Like, <laughs> and it was just that dude because I don't know the individual me, me guy, but I think Quavo the other two Migos got it, cause he kept looking, like, after a while, after, like, the third time, the other Migos cut his eye, like, bruh, but he just kept answering the question, so I'm like, yo, I, I mean, what am I supposed to do, man, and you don't <laughs> you sitting here falling for dickhead, say what, he didn't, he just kept saying it, he just kept saying it, like, dude, stop at you, he's fucking with you, so Joe just dropped the mic and walked off like, bro, really? <laughs> you just (laughs) don't, I'm sorry, I thought it was funny, I had the same reaction as Joe, I I had the same reaction as Joe, like, they would've been ready to fight me too, because I just, would like, yo, if he gets you with this shit one more time, oh man, watch it, um, it's funny, y'all tell me if I'm wrong, (laughs) oh god, um, but, uh, you know, I guess Migos felt the way because Joe be hating on a lot of these, on a lot of the young rappers. And by the way, this related to another podcast where, you know, everybody was, Joe. Joe was trying to screw, uh, school young Yachty and, young Yachty and eat signed to a 360. Well, an article came out a couple of days ago that Yachty has made, I think it was, is it 43 million? A whole bunch of money this past year so, off that 360 deal, so that's what I was saying before, you know, you old niggas, y'all, y'all hear a 360 deal, and y'all think it's automatically bad, it's not, it depends on the artist, the reason why 360s originally were thought to be bad, is because when labels weren't making any money, they were trying to figure out a way to make money, what they were doing is, they were trying to, see. so, the old school way, when an artist signs to a label, the, um, label, Front recording costs or whatever cost and whatever it's basically a loan to record your album. And then once they make their money back through your royalties that you get, once the label makes the money back, everything else after that is yours. But your performances and all the stuff, you know, you go out perform, your merchandise, all that different stuff, that never was with the label. That was always with the artist. The label just it gives you a loan for your record and that's how they get their money back. Well when the record industry started collapsing, the um in, labels had to get fan you know, had to tried to figure out another way to make money, and so they came up. It's technically it's called an ancillary deal, ancillary rights deal. Short short um, version is three hundred and sixty. What it was was they started asking for pieces of everything. So you're touring your performances, your merchandise, yo, we putting all this money into you to make your album, um, we not making the royalties we want to make now because people not buying records and people bootlegging everything, so if you want us to sign here and you want us to help you out, then we got to have a percentage of this, this, and that, and that, and if you a huge artist, who which is what these deals are being offered to at the time, if you a Timberland, if you a Jay-Z, if you a Pharrell, if you were, um, a Usher, you know, Chris Brown at the time, that deal doesn't make sense for you because why would I give you I'm torn off my name, I'm torn off my albums, I'm torn off of who I am you're not helping, you're not promoting me you're, me being signed to your label and your promotion, quote, finished promotion is not what's getting me these shows, my records are getting me the shows, so why am I gonna give you a piece of my merchandise, why am I gonna give you a piece of my touring, like, that's historically never been a part of it, and the label side was, well, because, you know, we're gonna help you promote, but the labels weren't, they weren't helping promote, they weren't doing, no, they were just, the labels was basically just doing the same shit they was always doing, which is basically fronting you the money, and, you know, yeah, we'll film your videos, and they actually start, weren't starting to doing that, and recouping their money back, but they were trying to recoup from more sources of income, basically, that's what it was, they are trying to recoup from, They were trying to recoup from all the sources of income, instead of the one they were, and that's why, That excuse me, that's why, when they first started, everybody's like, oh, that's a bad deal, because you're trying to get my money from my, you're trying to get from my promotions and my performances, no, okay, but, things have evolved now, and now, it's not necessarily a bad deal, because they have... They get you things now, depending on the type of artist you are. I mean, you know, Ariana don't need them, although she may have some form of it. I doubt most of the bigger artists have joint ventures, but I mean... the kind of deals that these guys, the Sprite commercials, the um, the Vans commercial, all the all this ads and stuff that you see these guys in now, a lot of these artists are not the type of artists that can get that on their own. They don't have that kind of pull. Like, no, um, Louis Vuitton is not gonna have ASAP Rocky in the ad because what for? But if he's signed to a a, a company, a three sixty deal with with you know whoever he signed with, and they have now they have these connections and they have an incentive. Like, yo. Put our dude in your ad, you know, it'll help you, it'll help us. He can't get that on his own. Young, um, Yachty, he's not getting, who's Yachty? He's not going to get a Sprite ad on his own. He needs that 360 deal. So that, that was the point. It's not, in 2017, Is not necessarily a bad thing. And if you're a new artist, that's all you're going to get. You're going to get a 360 deal because the industry has changed now and it's different now. So I ain't mean to go into that much detail, but point is, um, Joe Budden is a hater, and he was hating on Yachty, and Yachty actually uh, made a lot of money with that 360 deal, which is the point that I was trying to make in the first place. Don't ask me my deal. Don't worry about my deal. Don't worry about my money. My shit is straight. Don't worry about your own shit. Um. The last thing I wanted to mention, and this also popped up kind of... Actually, today. So, it it, it crossing with Love and Hip Hop, but i want to mention it separately. So, if anybody watches Love and Hip Hop or keeps up with Jocelyn and Stevie, which is a ridiculous statement as I say it, but I know people on here do, then y'all know they've been having this go back and forth. Um, Jocelyn just had her baby by Stevie, but ever since, like, last year, um, they've been having this go going back and forth on Twitter. Jocelyn been beefing with Stevie's two older kids. And she went online uh, on Twitter last summer and claimed that Stevie was molesting his kids. She was saying a lot of nasty stuff. One of them being that he was molesting his kids. At the time, everybody was like, oh shit, this is fucked up. Jocelyn lost her mind. We thought she was talking about the little kid, Eva, the little daughter. All the way up to this season. But apparently she was talking about the older daughters. And her story is that they were saying stuff about her. Which I don't doubt. But, you know, Jocelyn it's a line and you know accusing people of molesting you she be doing the most but what I wanted to say was so today she go she goes on and she calls one of the two daughters that's been beefing with her uh nappy headed hoe and or she she called him nappy headed and maybe a hoe and maybe told her to go suck a dick or something like that the girl is, is like in their 20's they college age kids okay young but not like little kids now I'm not saying Jocelyn is right; she's dead wrong. Like she goes too far. Like you, you know, don't tell my, don't call my kid a hoe. Don't tell my kid to suck a dick. Um, people got on her for the nappy head, said she was anti-black. I'm not disagreeing with that. I know nappy is one of them trigger words, but I don't really think she's anti-black because I think she was just trying to diss the girl's wig. You know, like I don't know where y'all grew up. Where we grew up, you call somebody nappy. It's not. I know that it's. I know that it's a slur, but it's not all the time meant that way. It's just sometimes it's just a diss, like you nappy, like you. It's in other words, it's not always tied to like hair texture. Like people have called me nappy. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's just a general insult. And I believe that that's the way she meant it because Jocelyn has, uh, uh, is Afro Latina too. So I just don't really think she was anti. People saying she anti black. I don't think so. I think she was just calling her nappy like as an insult um, But I am not trying to say that that's not closely tied to being anti-black. I get it. I understand it. I just the I don't think that that's what she was doing. Knowing the kind of insults that <laughs> that Justin throws and the shit she says, I don't think she's being anti-black. I think she was just trying to call her wig nappy. Her hair fucked up, and that's what she said. Nappy head ho, Like just <laughs> when he called him. I think she was just calling. It. I think she was just talking about her hair. I don't think she's being anti-black. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, But, you know, I'm not going to defend that, but I will say this, like, I think it's, this is just me, and, and again, I stand ready to fight teenagers at any time, so I might not be, you know, my, my opinion might be totally invalid, um, and I don't have kids, but, like, I, I just, I, I, from what, we never know if Jocelyn is telling the truth, but, Jocelyn's story is that they and and no, I'll just say and from what we see on the show, I think them two girls should mind their business. Okay. Again, they're not little girls, they're 18, 19, 20, they're college age, like, they live off by themselves or whatever, they come home for their dad, my thing is this, Stevie's not with Jocelyn at gunpoint, She he done been back and forth with for her, they, you know, broke up, then it was fake marriage, and they wasn't married, he had the ba- he had a baby by her, he clearly is, is they two Scorpios, so they're clearly going at each other, he clear, it's clearly something there that he wants, and, and, and that he wants to be with, okay, and I just feel like them two his daughters, like, you say your piece like, I'll put it like this, that was my dad and he was with some, you know wouldn't be my dad, cause my dad wouldn't have all these fucking kids, but Stevie got kids by the whole world, okay, so it's all kinda outside kids, all kinda stepmoms all kinda, you got Mimi, and, and I'm sure all these other ones, so, this is the situation we're dealing with, is what I'm saying this ain't like a nuclear family you say your piece Look, we don't like her for whatever reason. I feel like they have too much to say. Is what I'm saying. Like, say your piece and leave it alone. Your father's clearly choosing to be with this woman. You don't like her? That's cool. But I feel like they have too much to say. So I feel like that's why Jocelyn caps the way she does. She don't have to say what she say, and she don't have to go as far as she say. But I don't. I don't think they. I just don't. I feel like they're old enough. I feel like Jocelyn's thing is if y'all keep talking shit about me not little girls what's between me and Stevie is between me and Stevie you don't know the whole story you don't know half the story I don't know what he tells you but you don't know the shit he does to me and I'll just stay the fuck out of it and I think she's just fed up and I think that's why she be calling them names again don't be telling nobody suck your dick And you know, I get it I understand what y'all saying she's an adult, and all of that, but them girls is adults, too, it's not like they teenage. they're teenagers, like, oh, she cursing on a teenager, no, them girls is in college, them girls are old enough to get beat up, put it like that, them girls is old enough, that if they ran up on you, 40, however old you are in the club, really, trying to get rah-rah, you are not gonna be like, oh, these a teenager, I'm not gonna fight them, they old enough to get beat up, okay, so, that's all I wanted to say, like, I'm not caping for Jocelyn, but like, it was kind of... i just seen people like, oh, she's trash, and she's arguing with kids. Them kids is arguing with her, and they need to mind their business. Like, you... I feel like it's Stevie's fault, because I feel like Stevie allows that shit to happen. He puts to, oh, we gonna get together. He wanted Jocelyn... I'm gonna go into it when we do a review. He wanted Jocelyn to apologize. Jocelyn was trying to apologize, and shit went left. But I really feel like... I don't... I don't... I just feel like Stevie... Facilitates that because I feel like Stevie should say to his daughters, Look, I understand what you're saying. I'm gonna marry her though. If she if in other words, if if your daughter's not liking not liking Jocelyn is not gonna stop you from marrying Jocelyn or being with Jocelyn, which it clearly is not, because you keep running back to her, then you need to check your daughters. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't make it seem like oh, baby girls, if, if if y'all don't get along with her, then that's it, she dead, I'm not messing with her no more, because that's, that's bullshit, because you are still messing with her, so basically you trying to play both sides, and when you mad at Jocelyn, you make her the bad guy, and, and, and you always making her the bad guy, because you let them sit there, you wanted Jocelyn to apologize to them, which is cool, she should have apologized, but they need to apologize to her too, and stay out of her business, like, like, you know, you need to let them know, look, leave her alone, she gonna leave you alone, now, if she start messing with you, and you ain't messing with her, and you come up for her, then I'm gonna sit her down, and I'm gonna give her the ultimatum, but, you know, I feel like he doesn't do that, I feel like he lets his daughter say too much, and talk too much, and, you know, we don't like that hoe, and this a bit, I think it's his fault, and I feel like, you know, they try to make Jocelyn the bad guy, and Jocelyn, you know, she's trying to do better, and I just don't think she has the tools because she keeps getting caught in this loop where she does better for a little bit and then she gets on the internet and does these things and I'm not really sure why I feel like she maybe she just feels attacked and she wants to, you know, but you gotta you know, if you wanna I don't know, maybe you need some behavioral therapy you need somebody to, to give you some tools I ain't saying you gotta be no punk I'm not saying you gotta, you know but you need somebody to give you some tools to deal with this kind of Stuff Like, cause, cause going on, on Twitter and telling people, telling somebody's daughter to suck a dick and calling them that, like, that's not, that ain't it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That ain't it. I ain't saying you gotta like them, but like, that ain't it. That's, so, you know, she takes two steps forward, she takes three steps back, and I just feel like, you know, I don't know if it's cocaine or, or she just stopped her therapy too soon because I believe her when I think she says she wants to do better and she, and I think she tries but once it doesn't work or it gets to a certain point then she just reacts and I that's the part I feel like she's stunted at she gets stuck in this reaction cycle and I, I think she needs to like try to figure out how to work her way out of that and that's okay so that's what I'm saying on the Twitter bit and yeah I think that's it for current events um Oh, I'll, I'll also mention um, Philando Castile, so they announced today that they settled with his family for $3 million. That's not enough money. And you know what I was just, I, I it just dawned on me the other day. So y'all know that you know, well some of y'all don't know if you're new listening. I was in the Marine Corps and then I worked in it uh, for C, I worked in the intelligence community, we call it the IC, for um, a few years before I went to law school. So, um, I did intel for like 10 years before what I'm doing now actually what I'm doing now is is a derivative of intel I just do it for corporations instead of government um but when we were in Afghanistan um and Afghanistan is a wild lawless place um so just know that when I tell you these stories um and, you know, I, I worked high-value targets, and these are, like, the highest of the high guy, like Mullah Omar, Osama Bin Laden, those are the kind of guys we want, right? And so, you know, we do all different kind of missions, and, you know, you, you, you follow guys for months, and you, the whole, you know, you do all kind of shit, the point being to get these bigger guys, sometimes you gotta bomb villages, sometimes you gotta follow guys for months, for years, just trying to get them, you know trying to intercept that one phone call or, or waiting for one of them to make a mistake I mean that's how they got bin Laden basically they followed his his imam around for for years and years and years finally caught them slipping that's how you do it right and um, sometimes when you're in Afghanistan um, depending you know you have tactical missions you have strategic missions sometimes you get some intel and you know, this guy's planning on something, or, you know, this guy's a logistics uh, genius, and if we, if we take this guy out, then we severely hamper their ability to, you know, conduct whatever, whatever, whatever. So, you know, sometimes you gotta kill niggas. Sometimes, you, you know, if, if, if you can, you drop a bomb. Um, if you can't, you gotta send, you know, you gotta send special forces actually in there, you know, on the ground, and you know, fight, go wherever they need to go. But in all of that, you know, sometimes innocent people get killed, particularly when you're dropping bombs. Sometimes you get the wrong guy. One time we was following this dude. Um, He was six feet, four inches tall. Um, He was missing a leg. And he was a pretty well-known guy, and you know we was following him for a while. We really wanted to take him out, and you know we we had the the, the drones on him, we had the eyes on him. We was following him for weeks and weeks and weeks. We we coordinated our intel. Um, people down in Kandahar were saying, yeah, we think this is a guy. We was up in Kabul, yeah, we think this is a guy. We talked to all our sources, yeah, that's the guy. I mean, you know, how many six-foot-five guys missing a leg? drive a red truck, could there really be in Afghanistan, in this one little village you know, that fits all the descriptions we had he went to the mosque that we, you know, had heard about, it was all kind of shit, we thought, this, we, thought we had this guy, right um, cause, we, so, you know we called in our coordinates and we hit up their mosque and um, you know, when you when you do the, your operations at night, you know, you watch and you wait. You know and I mean, you start hearing the chatter coming over. Wow, what happened? Whatever, whatever. So we after you know a couple about half hour after we do what we do, we can start hearing some of the intercepts and some of the chatter coming over, and they talking and they saying that oh, they got you know the Americans talking about us got, and they say the guy's name, and it ain't the guy that we thought it was, and we like who the fuck is that guy, and they like, oh, you know, we listen to the chatter, and as we listen all through to the next day, we start figuring out the dude that we just blew up, and all his friends wasn't, <laughs> there's some other 6'5 dude with one leg, apparently there was two that drive a red truck, who knew, we blew up the wrong motherfucker, and his whole, all his friends in his whole mosque, it happens, <laughs> okay, so, when that happens, and again, in Afghanistan, again, a war-torn country, a god-forsaken place, um, we pay what's called restitution. Really, what it is is blood money. But that's a primitive society, and in their side in their culture, and their society, it is considered um, just. It is considered uh, um, okay. Like if you if you bomb a village or whatever, and and you kill somebody's wife or you kill their child or whatever, you kill the wrong person or you just casualties whatever you something goes wrong and you kill the wrong person, right? Um, in Afghanistan that's a big problem because unlike Iraq Afghanistan is a tribal and you have to have if you want to get the Taliban and you want to get these terrorists and you want to get this heroin or whatever you're trying to do, you need the villagers and the people there to help you because there's no way you're going to find out otherwise, there's nothing to tap there's not. this is a it's not Iraq. It's not a modern city at all. These are all tribes. Some of these people never even seen like a digital clock or a TV. These motherfuckers are primitive. You not get nowhere near them. You you know you need the locals to help you and to give you information. So we have to keep make it smooth. And so what we do is we pay restitution. We blew, we killed your daughter. We're so sorry. Here's twenty thousand American dollars. Is this cool? Yes. Even Stephen all is fine, they're no longer grieved, they're no longer insulted, it's no longer death to America, you can pay them $20,000 for killing their wife, killing their child, whatever the case, and, and be considered even. To us, that sounds barbaric, to them, it's it's life as they know it, and $20,000 in American money is not a lot, but in Afghanistan, in Afghanistan, 20000 American dollars, that's life-changing money, that's, that's a lot of money, that's life-changing money, money to an Afghan so said all that to say that I started to realize that that's basically what we do in the US with the police shootings no we're not gonna put you in jail there's not going to be any retribution nobody's gonna pay we're gonna shoot you in the street on purpose though not like in Afghanistan where it's an accident or you know maybe we messed up you know and we're trying to make it right we, you know we're trying to you know show you that look we we, we recognize you did a wrong, and, and and in your system, this is how we right the wrong, so here you go, no, we, the cops here are are just killing people with impunity, because they know nothing's going to happen, and then they pay you off, and I'm like, that's the blood money system, like, they doing the same shit to us here in America, that we do in Afghanistan, but Afghanistan is a war-torn country, that's a godforsaken place, this is the United States of America, we're supposed to have rights and freedoms here, but the police just come out, they shoot unarmed people they, they lie, they say they were scared, and they get off, and then they come and they play you blood money, and I just realized that, with this fine, I'm like, that's what always happened. they don't, if, if they do indict them, if they do go to trial, they get fined, not, not guilty, nobody's gonna go to jail, nobody's gonna change anything, we're just gonna pay you to kill your relative, and you go on with life, and $3 million is not the equivalent to what, 20000 American dollars in Afghanistan? It's not life changing money. It's a lot. I actually, it would change my life quite a bit. It would help me pay off everything I need to pay off and still have money left over. But I mean, you know, let's not, let's be real. Like, $3 million doesn't replace that. That's her son. He's gone forever. He had kids. He had a girlfriend. He had, you, you can't replace a life. And for $3 million? So that's, you know, that's wild to me. Like, yo, here we are, America. We done. Yo, this this country is. I don't know. I I I'm not sure what we gonna be after. It, 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 it just do either gonna get out after four or impeached or eight. I don't know what's gonna happen. But I don't know what we gonna be after because we have fallen very low. Like we we not Europe is on their own. They they doing things. They're leading the world. We're over here just a bunch of monkeys in a shit pile. So. And we play, we pay blood money, so we can't call Taliban and all these people savages and and, and evil doers because we over here killing people, our own citizens in the streets, and we playing blood money and just marching on like you know we at war. So I don't know. I just I sat up last night and I was like, yo, this is this is crazy. We playing we we playing blood money like we we must be in Afghanistan. Like in Afghanistan, I can shoot you, I can kill you. You know, and I can pay. Like I got on here last week, and I told y'all, you can't kill people with impunity, and you can't because that shit will come, you know, back around. Something, something's gonna occur. But like, wow, like, you know, we we, we just kill people and play blood money, and that's just supposed to be okay. Ugh. So yeah, that's what I want to say about that. They got three million dollars for for that man for killing that man like that for no reason following the law, doing everything he's supposed to do and you're just going to kill him and pay him 3 million pay his family 3 million dollars and keep it moving uh, yeah okay, so move on from that, to our shows um let's do Queen of the South first, hopefully y'all are watching that um, watch Claws too um I'm not going to do Claws but watch it, it's a good show it's on uh, TNT. Uh, EC Nash, Kaluche. It's a really good show. Um, Queen of the South. So, uh, this last episode, actually. Yeah, wait, did I do Queen of the South last week? I did. So it comes on again third. Oh, okay. I get it. I'm doing this early. So, ain't no Queen of the South. It hasn't come on yet. I gave y'all the last episode. My bad. Um. Oh no no no! My bad, I'm bugging. Sorry y'all. My brain's brain's already on vacation. It was an episode. So the last Queen of the South episode, um, Camilla sends uh, Teresa and damn, I forgot old boy's name. Um, out on a mission, and they end up getting. It's kind of funny. So you know they have like these tunnels that go between the U.S. and the Mexico under the border, and you know like they're they're patrol sorry, they're patrolled by the Minutemen, you know, these white people that think they, you know, Federal Border Patrol is trying to keep the Mexicans out, so they get captured by the fucking Minutemen trying to do this mission so, um they out in the desert, they running out of water, they running from these Minutemen, they finally get captured, and Teresa kind of like, flexes them, so it's a bunch of white dudes and one, you know, he's a macho dude, and you know, these toxic masculinity dudes and he's going to show Teresa what's up, but he don't know Teresa's a G, right? And Teresa is a G. So, she finesses them, right? So she's, they like, yeah, we're going to call we're going to call Border Patrol, we're going to turn y'all in or whatever, and Teresa like, you can't call Border Patrol, don't you know? These, they all get bribed, like, I'm from Mexico, they make me work for this, let me work for you, and 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 um, I'll help you out. So, basically, what she wants them to do is this tunnel that, that they um went out, because it's being used by the, the, the rival drug crews to bring stuff over, so they want to get rid of the tunnel. So, they, she flips it to get these minutemen men to think they helping, so, she gets them to blow up the tunnel, right? And so, this is the funny part, because when they blow the tunnel up, like, she gives them the whole plan and everything, and this one, you know, the, 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 um, woman-hating dude, he all mad, and, oh, this fucking bitch or whatever, but the other dude, the leader dude, he's impressed with her, like, oh, you my kind of woman, you know, <laughs> you, you a soldier, you, you know these explosives and shit, like, he getting it chubby for her, so after they do the plan, they blow the tunnel up, he turns, he's like, well, you need some papers or something, like, <laughs> he's like, cause I'm single, some so motherfucker. It just shows you how like it was just a good scene of like how dumb these motherfuckers are. Because like he's you know a minute man. He's patrolling the border and he's trying to keep these bad hombres out. And he done fell in love with Teresa. Now he's trying to marry her so she can come over here with some papers, which is quite illegal. It was just funny. It was a funny scene. <laughs> it's just like that's just how the no motherfuckers be. Um, yeah. So they do that. Um, they blow up the tunnel, but um. The, uh, Teresa's the, the dude that I gotta figure out his name. The dude um that she's with gets taken. So he tells her, Look, you go. You go, go back to Camilla, tell him what happens. But she don't. She doesn't she 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 goes and she gets him out, and that's how they come up with the plan. She doesn't leave him there. So they get back, and you remember I told you her boyfriend is out now. So she's dealing with him. They get back, you know, they tell Camilla what happens, and he's like, Look. You really should have left, but I'm not going to forget that you didn't leave me there, they was going to kill him. They was going to kill him. They was out in the desert. It was hot. They was, you know, she wasn't going to make it. So, she got herself back in the the truck and got them out of there. So, he tells Camilla this. Meanwhile, her boyfriend is trying to get her to tell on Camilla still with the feds. So, and I told you before, like, when, um, the shit started, her boyfriend was working for Camilla. Her boyfriend was the, um, the trafficker, and he, she was just kind of his girlfriend and doing whatever. She didn't know nothing about this. But now the tables have turned, and he's still trying to call the shots. And she tells him, she's like, look, before, you know, all this happened, you know, I was just your girlfriend, and you call all the shots, and you decide what happens for both of us. She's like, but that's over. She like, you know, because... I'm 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 the boss now. Basically, like I'm the captain now, and I don't know what you doing with these feds. I don't really know if I could trust you. I thought you was dead. Now you're trying to get me to flip on Camilla. She like so I'm not doing that. She like I you know I chose my side. You got to choose your side. Either you going with the feds and do what y'all do, or you going to do what I'm doing over here. But I'm not going with the feds. So you need to make up your mind. And um. And I don't think he can be trusted So they they were um, in this bar And she's talking to him and the feds come in And she's looking like bitch And he like no I swear to God I didn't call him on you I didn't know they were going to be here I don't believe him I, I think that he is I think that he is uh, a fed And gonna and, and told them that he's going to turn her in Like I don't trust him I don't trust him at all And Teresa doesn't trust him either She's, she's trying to but I can tell You can tell by how she's dealing with him that she don't really trust him, she not, she don't really believe him, she pretty much knows that you know, he'll probably turn her in, so I expect that she's gonna have to kill him, because like I said last week, he seems like, he doesn't realize how much she's bossed up, he doesn't really realize that, you know she's not to be fucked with, and he probably still think he's, that's the girlfriend that he left, and she's really not, like, she doesn't kill mad people, she doesn't survive mad, uh, plots and, 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 and um bounties on her head and she done move mad dope now and, and Camilla is like agreeing to uh mentor her now and, and Camilla's like, Yo, you doing a good job She gave her, um, Camilla's daughters she had a BMW that she was gonna buy for her daughter. She was like, Look, you gonna work for me, you gotta look the part You can't be walking around looking all like you look. You're gonna have to drive this car, not this fucking fucked up ass pickup you've been driving. So she gives her the car. So, you know, I mean you should Camilla's still not to be trusted, but Teresa like look, I'm I'm doing this, I'm not doing that, I'm not gonna go be no fed, fuck that, so, that's where we leave off, that she tells her boyfriend, who's Waro, her boyfriend's name is Waro, I just don't know the dude she works with, I gotta get that, she tells him, look, you are gonna have to decide, so, that's what's coming on this week, and I, um, when the season two, the second season starts, I told, remember how I tell you, it always starts in the beginning, when she's already the kingpin, so the first scene, it starts her, and, um, uh, her bodyguard. They walk into this hotel, and um, she go. She's going to like smash this dude, and you know they they do whatever. And then after, when they get done, she pulls out a gun and shoots this guy. And I have a feeling that the guy that she shot is Widow. Um They didn't ever show sure his face, but I just have a feeling it was the way they setting it up. I think that it, that was her killing Weddle. So we're gonna see, um, because I think he's a fat. Okay, so that was Queen of the South. Excellent show. Y'all really should watch it. Season 1's on Netflix. Moving on to Queen Sugar. Favorite show on TV. Um, This episode was kind of a transition episode. So, we still don't... um, Ralph Angel still hasn't told them about the the will. But he's talking to Darla about it. I still think Darla wrote that fucking will. Or or put that will up there. Um, Hollywood, who gets on my nerves. Because... I told, if y'all watch the show, y'all know that Hollywood had a whole wife that he was hiding from out by, that he was still married to, trying to get her Obamacare that he kept from her, and I said then, like, dude having a wife, because if you divorce, she has like mental issues, and she needs medical care and so, you can tell somebody look I just want you to know I'm married to this lady. We not together no more. It's just she got a mental issue. She need to be on Obamacare. You tell somebody that. If I don't want to deal with it, she don't want to deal with it. But that's not something you keep from somebody. That's something that when you keep it from them, they're gonna think that it's more than what you're saying it is. Because nigga, you could tell me that. I'm five older. I'm five like a 55, 60 She ain't no little young, little silly little girl that'll get mad about something. She'll understand something like that, right? So that Hollywood does that. So Vi starts fucking with him because she like you got me out you got me out here looking silly and all this time you done had a fucking wife you could have told me this shit right true so Vi's not fucking with him Vi starts you know just. Went out one time and was just dancing with some dude. Just dancing with the dude. She don't even know this dude. This dude just asked her for a dance. And this nigga getting his feelings. And then I ran off and took a job on a goddamn oil rig. Because he saw Vi dancing with some dude. Like, oh my God, my nigga. Like, you had a whole wife that she was lying about all this time. And now because she dancing with somebody, you running off on an oil rig. And, and so, I don't know. He gets on my nerves. He's very immature and I need him to grow up. So this episode, um, I guess there was like an explosion or something on the oil rig and, um, Vi's trying to reach Hollywood and she can't get him so it's this great scene where she actually drives to see, like, I guess the guys are coming back from the the rig and she drives to see, like, you know, if he survived or whatever, because she's calling him on the phone it's just going to voicemail, she's not able to reach him, they're not releasing the names like some people died on this rig or whatever and they're not releasing the names, so she goes to, um, you know, to make sure he's okay, and it's a good scene, because there's people falling off the bus, and everybody falling off, and it's, and it's not Hollywood, and it's not Hollywood, and it's not Hollywood, and you see her start to panic, like, oh shit, people just getting off, getting off, and she like, oh, uh, and then finally, Hollywood comes off the bus, and I was like, Hollywood plays too much, even in this scene, like, nigga, you could have been the first one off the bus, why you, like, the last nigga to get off the bus, <laughs> like, he just, oh, uh, I like Hollywood, Hollywood's a good dude, but, like, he needs to grow up, and it's just like, start playing games, like, oh, y'all they've been going back and forth, they've broken up because of this, she's dancing with this dude and he ain't even trying to hear, her. like, it's not even really nothing to explain, like, she didn't even know this guy, like, I'm just dancing with him like, all of this for that, when you not had a whole fucking wife, so hopefully they'll make up with that um I told y'all about uh, Micah, who's the son who, I really can't stand Micah, I hate his face Sorry. I hate his face, and I hate everything about him, but anyway. He, um, gets out of jail, and now he got PTSD or whatever from being in jail. So he's just walking around, not going to school, and wandering around New Orleans. And doing who knows what. Um, Nova. Um, still with this parade of white dudes. Um, I'm, I'm ready for that to be over. Um, what else? I feel like some other major thing. Oh, Um, uh, Ralph, Angel, and Darla go on a little date, and um, I don't know, Ralph. They their relationship is annoying to me too because she's in rehab or whatever, he's trying to talk her out of her rehab, talking about, well, what you going to meetings for, you know, you should be all past that, that's not how it works, like, that's how she needs to stay sober, that's, and who just does that, who tries to talk people, She going to her meetings, she don't know what the fuck she's supposed to do, like, who tries to talk them out of that, I don't know, the relationship is very immature, they went out to eat, and he only brought enough money for, just for them to eat, so, the waiter came and made fun of, um, Blue's doll, so he orders all this ice cream, and then he don't have enough to pay the tip, because, oh, I just bought enough for for, for what we's gonna have, like, nigga, who, I don't know, they, they relationship is just immature to me, it's very, Ralph is just, in the book, he's kind of a, a fuck up, so I guess this is their way of trying to portray that, but he's just very, just, just a nigga with just no, doesn't think ahead, doesn't, just, I don't know, he's, I can't explain what, but he irritates me, he's just like, that dude that dude that only brings enough to the restaurant just for what you gonna eat like you know what I mean like the dude who insists on wanting to grow soybeans when your sister's trying to build y'all a generational wealth and you mad because you want to plant some soybeans and that's all you want to do like one of them dude just small time small thought small brand dude good dude but just not you know doesn't have the range that's, that's what I'm trying to say him or Darla like they just both get on my nerves the whole relationship gets on my nerves cause it's just so like y'all are just like teenagers out here with y'all's mentality and like where y'all at um yeah what else what happened with Charlie I told y'all she she uh forged um Davis's signature on the on the paperwork she Davis hasn't found that out yet um and hopefully when he does it won't be no problem Because owes, he owes her um, Oh Nova does this job For like um, trying to get people out on bail Because you know her nephew And I guess she was saying people go Go into jail and they can't bond out And they just be in jail for bullshit Like her nephew if, if it wasn't who If his dad wasn't who his dad was And his mom wasn't who she was Like he would have just been sitting in jail And he didn't even do nothing You know what I mean just because he didn't have a license and registration you just be sitting in jail because you don't have bail so, she had a little rally for that. And, um... I think that's it. Like, there wasn't really a whole lot in this episode. It was, it was, um... One of them transition joints. Um... Yeah, I think... I think that was it for Queen Sugar. So, last but not least... Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. This episode... So, this goes back to what I was talking about by Jocelyn. I'm not going to talk about the whole episode, but... There was a scene at the end, again, where Stevie and Jocelyn and his daughters were supposed... So, Jocelyn was supposed to apologize to these daughters for saying the molestation stuff, which she should have. She was wrong for that. She came to apologize, and she said, I apologize, I was wrong for that, and then she's trying to tell them. She was like, you know, but I feel like I always feel attacked because every time I do these things, it's like I'm always the bad guy, but Stevie does stuff too. She was like, you know, I had to get that first abortion, like, he forces me to do things, he does things to me too, it's not just me, and I've and y'all just always make me the bad guy and, you know the daughters really were not trying to hear it, and they were very aggressive, like, Jocelyn was, y'all know how Jocelyn is, Jocelyn turns up Jocelyn did a little cry, but she was calm she wasn't, in other words, Jocelyn stays ready to throw hands, she has a totally she's very, confront, the, the confrontational disposition that she has when she's talking to a Carly Red, or when she's talking to anybody else, she didn't have them with these girls, she didn't come there to fight, she came there clearly to like, okay, y'all gonna be upset, y'all can say what y'all wanna say cause y'all Stevie daughter, so I'ma just let y'all whatever, but the girl was very hostile, she was banging her fist into her hand, she, I don't know why, she was just not accepting the, the apology, she was getting very aggressive, Jocelyn never raised her voice, Jocelyn never moved Move. Jocelyn just stayed where she was at. The girl jumping up on her seat and everything. The sister, everything. These is two, you know, they're 18, 19-year-old girls. I mean, they grown, but they, you know, they Jocelyn like 30-something, right? These is kids. Jocelyn never moved. So, when the girl jumps up and getting rowdy and just, just flipping off their mouth. Stevie not saying nothing. Stevie not like, yo, calm down. Stevie, like, not saying none of that. Um, Jocelyn says, Look, okay. Well, you know you can't beat me, right? So the girl's like, "Oh, you you challenging me to a fight?" Herassin', y'all, she did not challenge you to a fight. What that's what you know you can't beat me was, look. I'm here to apologize. You need to sit down. You need to calm down because we're not gonna fight. I'm not gonna fight you. You're not gonna fight me, and you can't beat me anyway. So what is basically what is all this you are doing right now? All this rah rah and yelling and aggressive shit you're doing. You sit down and relax because it's not good. That's what Jocelyn was telling. She didn't challenge her to a fight. What she was saying to her was, "You need to come." She never moved. She never flinched, she never raised her voice When they walked out, Jocelyn looked At the security and was like, really? Y'all hyped her up To do that? Y'all hyped her up to do that? Basically she Was like, I ain't come here for this, I really was Trying to apologize, it really didn't have to be all this And and so, I didn't think Jocelyn Was wrong in that situation, she went The, the girls went and told Mimi and everybody Else that Jocelyn taught, challenged her To a fight, and so I think That that's why Jocelyn be acting Like she does, I'm not saying that The things that she says are out of line or that she should Say those things, she certainly shouldn't, but but I, I see what she's talking about. Like, yo, I'm not always the bad guy. This guy does. Look at this guy does stuff too. Look at he got all these outside kids. He be lying. He be cheating. He does a lot of shit. And it's always me. Like I'm just a piece of shit. Like he don't be doing stuff. And that look. And she did not challenge them girls to a fight. She never did. That girl was aggressive from the beginning. Jocelyn just sat there. All Jackson let her know was this not gonna go. You think it's one way and it's the other. That's it and I didn't think she was wrong, and I didn't think she started that fight, and I didn't think she challenged the girl to that fight, and I didn't think that she should, should have done anything different, I mean, she just was letting them know, y'all kids and all of that but y'all not, y'all, y'all not too young to get dragged, okay you acting all aggressive, you getting up, you hollering like you really want to fight we not going to fight first of all, and even if we did, you can't beat me, so either way, sit down and relax that's what she was saying, and I didn't think she was wrong in that particular situation. And she was trying to apologize. They didn't want to hear it. So, that's all. That's, that's all I'm saying about Justin. Like, I I, I I, just wish she had tools. Like, she clearly needs tools. Because once she tries, to, she tries that to be, you know, one way. And then she clearly just hits a wall. And then she switches to what she knows. And I feel like if she just would get somebody to help her do something other than that. Then she could make the breakthrough. She could have the breakthrough that she wants. Because right now, you know, I don't know. I feel like she goes through the motions. Like, yeah, okay, I need to be calm. But as soon as you know, as soon as you flip, she flips. And she just needs to learn to not flip. And then she'll be okay, I think. So she just needs some tools, perhaps some behavioral therapy, something to do. So she doesn't fall back on what she always falls back on, which is being outrageous and saying wild shit and then having to apologize. But it don't always be her fault. So whatever, don't at me, it do not always be her fault, and I didn't think that argument I didn't think she started that argument and I didn't think she said anything out of line and I think them girls went back and, and did not tell the truth, and if they probably make her the bad guy in every situation just like they did in that situation cause she was not the bad guy, and she did not start that fight, and they went and told everybody that she did, and that she challenged them to fight she didn't, she did not, she never even flinched, she never even moved she never even got excited um all right, what else? That was that scene. Um, Kirk. Ugh, I can't even talk about this nigga without getting my blood pressure up. He still, he comes to bring Rashida divorce papers. He's a Kirk is a bitch. Kirk is Kirk is a coward is what he is and that's why I don't like him because I feel like he he still hasn't taken a DNA test and I feel like he hasn't taken a DNA test because he knows that that's his baby and he knows once he takes a DNA test that Rashida might leave him but I feel like he gave Rashida the divorce papers kind of trying to like Kurt acts like none of this he doesn't have anything to do with this, he's sitting in the lawyer's office talking about, I mean, these are two scammers, and you know, the next thing I know, she said it's my baby, next thing you know, no, clearly y'all was fucking, because that's the only way somebody could say something with your baby, and if y'all wasn't fucking, then how she, It's no way you she could scam you, because bitch, how it's gonna be my baby wasn't fucking, so clearly y'all was fucking, and clearly y'all was fucking raw and that's how you thought it was your baby and that's why you was paying all that money, you can't bribe me unless I think, unless I know that could be my baby, but he just talks about it, like they scammers and you know like like basically like them two just showed up at his job one day and put a gun to his head and he don't got nothing to do with this he ain't never slept with this girl he ain't never went up raw on this girl he ain't never had this girl living in this apartment and paying for shit he's trying to make it like the, you know he know it ain't his baby but he's scared that she gonna say something to his, his wife and make, make mess up his relationship no your relationship is messed up because you got this girl pregnant and that's you think that that's your baby so and I feel like he tried to deliver again and this trying to be like it ain't his fault and, and these, these situations and these forces are swirling around him and he doesn't have any control and I feel like he tried to get those divorce papers to, to Rashida to try to, to try to make it be her fault like, oh, well, you know, this is what you want, so I'm just giving you these papers, so you say you want a divorce, go ahead and sign, I think she, I, I, that's how I think he came to her, and that's how I think Miss Charlene Rashida's mama took it, and she immediately started cussing him out, cause she like, nigga, what is this, you ain't took no DNA test, you sitting here like you don't know what's going on, you done embarrassed my daughter, everybody in the street and all your business, what, you know, she, he was, she was really getting his ass. And he's trying to make it all... And he would, I don't like the way he talks to her mama. Oh, You trying to destroy my family? Nobody here is trying to destroy anything, Kirk. You the one that went up in the stripper girl raw and now has this baby and, and all of this shit. So, I don't like him. He's a coward. He won't get the DNA test. I don't know if that's his... I feel like he thinks it's his kid because if it wasn't, and you knew it wasn't, you'd be running down there first thing. Nobody would have to beg you to get no DNA test because how how they gonna... Oh, he's talking about you know, I don't know, I take the DNA test, and they switch it up, they don't switch it up, don't DNA test, don't get switched up, nigga, that shit is 99.99%, ain't nobody, never heard of no DNA, who they gonna switch it up with, who they gonna switch it up with, so, he's full of shit, and I mean, and it's hard to be on Rashida's side too, honestly, because you know, she like, he brings her the paper, she like, oh, everybody just, every time I turn around, I'm being blindsided, every time you turn around, you're being blindsided, because you don't do nothing about numbers. you just sit back, and don't do anything, and I just don't understand her, she don't, you know, it's just, uh, well, I'm gonna just leave it to you, like, so what you gonna wait, so this this kid is 12 or 13, and he come knocking on your door, talking about, yo, I'm, I'm your man's son, he go to DNA paperwork, like, you know, like, and I think that's why her mom is like she is cause she like Rashida what is you gonna do you need to make this nigga get some DNA and if he don't want to get the DNA then you know what well we broke up or whatever so she's just not doing nothing and then everybody got her business in the street and she's just sitting back like letting him do whatever and I'm like nigga the baby is here and it's getting older every day and we married, so if she hit you up for child support, that's gonna affect my money, so we need to get this shit sorted out, so I don't know what to say about either one of them, but I don't I don't like her at all, I think he's a coward. Um, what else occurred on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta? Anything with Carly Red now? No, Di- oh, Diamond and Tommy got into a fight, because I, again, I think Tommy's, there's something wrong with Tommy, Tommy probably needs some medication, because that's not just regular turn up, something is wrong with that girl, she seems like she has mental... Issues because she just snaps too quick. So they go there. They're supposed from so from the fight before where she got mad at, at, at Don for mentioning Jocelyn's um, name at the party. Which okay, perhaps she shouldn't have brought Jocelyn up at that particular time. But I ain't think it warranted all that Tommy did the throwing of the wine and all that. That was unnecessary. Um, so they're supposed to be apologizing for that, and then Tommy is like. Just keep turning up. So she was just talking to Dom. Dom was, ta- Dom was like, "Listen, I understand. I, I get it. I was just trying to. Jocelyn had asked me to try to get bring y'all together, and I thought that would be a good time. But I realize now, you know, I was at your thing, and I probably shouldn't have brought that up. Nobody wanted to hear about her. Cool. Dom was like apologizing. Tommy just wasn't trying to hear it, and you know, because you was there for me, and I don't understand. And I'm just right now. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get myself, and anybody could get it. And Dom was like what's she talking about, she was like, I, I, anybody, I talk to anybody how I want, Dom was like, no, 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 not gonna talk to me, crazy, like, I came here to apologize, and I don't know what she's talking about right now, so they get to fighting again, arguing again, not fighting, but arguing again, because Dom was like, girl, like, you, listen, I came to apologize, you still trying to turn up about it, I explained to you what happened, but, you know, you're not just gonna, you're not gonna kick my, she basically hit her with the Jocelyn, you're not gonna kick my ass, so stay your punk ass over there, you're a fake ass gangster, which, I believe, like, I don't, I mean, Tammy tried to hit Johnson with a car and all that, but I think Don would, with the fist game, Tammy can't beat Don. and Don was not intimidated at all, Tom was like, you a fake gangster, you stay your ass over there, um, and whatever, so that's how they left that, but I just thought it was funny, because I I don't. I, I don't think she. uh, Tommy don't want none. I don't care how many mugshots she got. Tommy don't want none of Dom because Dom be throwing them punches like Tommy Hearns. Dom punched that girl dead out of her wig twice. So <laughs> she don't want to. Dom. Dom Dom throw punches from the shoulders like you supposed to. Her and Jocelyn be. <laughs> her and Jocelyn throw punches like you supposed to with mean intentions, like Mike Tyson used to say. So, yup, that's it. Um. Yeah, American Guys is over. Uh, Game of Thrones hasn't started yet. Um, yeah, and, oh, we had an hour and 19 minutes, so I've been talking to y'all for a while. All right. Um, go check me out on Bumpers again, Genghis Kells. Um, I will be doing those updates on vacation. I'm gonna be down at, um, going to New Orleans, I'm going to Essence, and then I'm going to Bahamas. So I'm going to get nice and tan because, you know, I don't have one thus far. I'm going to get my almondy Complexion. And I just need a break. It's going to be my birthday. My birthday is next what, Tuesday, July 4th, whatever day that is, so I'll be turning that age, uh, my next age, um, I'm old as hell, um, in Bahamas, and um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it, um, check me on bumpers at Genghis Kells, um, they paying me, So and y'all been listening, thank you, please rate, go to iTunes, please, if you can, I know they make it a whole bunch of steps, but helping it out. Some of y'all have, thank you. I saw some ratings on there. Rate me on iTunes, please. Rate me on SoundCloud. I check SoundCloud a, a whole lot more often than check iTunes, but I do check them both. Please rate me. Um, I, I see y'all out there. I, y'all like to show more listeners. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going, you know, keep going with it. I keep. I'm a. i am um, I might switch up the day because I want to get. I want to do like some video. I want to do a. Um, I want to video some of mine so y'all could like it, be more like a conversation and like put that on YouTube. But I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to have time for that during the week because I work, so we'll see if we'll work that out. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some guests when I come back from vacation. So thank y'all for listening. Um, thank y'all for, you know. Shout me out on Twitter and, and retweeting me And telling your friends And please still do And please follow me on Twitter And please rate me And please like me And again The email is podcast At com. If you got any shows You want me to cover Any topics Like I try to pick the shows That I feel like Well that are interesting Or that you know I, I, th- I, th- I think people I know people watch Or are interested in Or might want to hear My take on So if it's one That you can think of um, let me know. Um, the Mist, which is from a st- another Stephen King book, is on Stars. I've only seen two episodes of it so far. I'm not really—I don't have an opinion yet. I have to watch a couple more. They put The Mist on TV a few years ago, and I didn't like it. Like I said before, it's hard to do Stephen King on TV because his writing is so ill and it's so deep that it's—they—they it's, they often miss it. It really needs like a, a full feature film. But this is a series on Stars, so so we'll see. The first couple episodes, though, I don't—you know—it wasn't bad. I just—it hasn't really—the plot hasn't really really kicked in yet, so. Um, this third episode I'll watch, but that might be interesting I want to see on stars all right, so what am i gonna call this um episode one o nine I don't know something to new flame I don't know it gotta be related to me it gotta be related to me and rihanna uh rihanna's uh you know navy we we apparently we have a man for the summer, so you know our new man is to the next man that's that's what i'm gonna call it <laughs> episode one o nine our new man maybe, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see what happens when I go up, oh, and I think I'll post this early, so y'all probably had this episode, yeah, because I'm I'm leaving, I ain't gonna have time tomorrow, so yeah, I'm gonna post this, uh, for y'all in the morning, all right, thanks for listening to Thanks for Asking Kells Radio, um, check me out on Bumpers at Genghis Kells, and, um, see y'all next week, or, sorry, see y'all in a few weeks, peace.